0: Listen to me, O coastlands, pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, He named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of His hand, He hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In His quiver, He hid me away. And He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity, yet surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him? For I am honored in the sight of the Lord. And my God has become my strength he says it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth thus says the Lord the Redeemer of Israel and his holy one to one deeply despised abhorred by the nations the slave of rulers kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Many of the Psalms begin with a question. Sometimes the question is, how long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? People who are in desperate circumstances yearning for God to respond, just as the psalm we sang earlier began in despair. It is a common experience for people of faith to have aspirations, high hopes, great dreams that do not come to pass as we hope or imagine. Sometimes when we find ourselves in that kind of circumstance, we question God's goodwill toward us. Is God really at work for good in my life or in the world? Sometimes we begin to wonder, can God really make any difference? Can God impact what I'm experiencing? At other times, we find ourselves blaming God for bad things that happen to us or for the circumstances in which we find ourselves. In this passage this morning, again, the one who is writing and speaking to God is identified as the servant, the servant of God. He begins the passage this morning by suggesting, really demanding that we listen that we listen for god and he begins to talk about how wonderful god is but did you notice by the time he gets just a few verses in even though god has called him as his servant he sounds a little frustrated listen again look with me if you have your bible to verse three and four and he said to me you are my servant israel in whom i will be glorified But then the servant responds, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. It sounds like this servant is frustrated with what is happening in his life. But really, rather than blaming God, to me, as I read over and over this, it sounds like a confession. I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. And in this new year, I began to wonder what about us? What about me? Are there tasks on which I'm spending time that are going to lead nowhere? Are there priorities I have that need to be changed? Are there commitments that I've made that I need to reduce? Or reorient are there pursuits that I'm involved in that are going to lead to nothing or are just for vanities purposes many of us think about our lives as the calendar page turns to a new year and we do a little evaluation formally or informally to look back over the past year to see how we have done And are there things that we need to change, priorities that need to be adjusted? It's an important task for us to review our lives as we go along and reorient ourselves so that we can listen better for God. This passage can help us face our lives more honestly, more faithfully if we will listen to what this servant has to say to us this morning. Maybe you've had one of those experiences of frustration where you started out on something that seemed really important, but before you got there, you thought, maybe that's not the right aim. Maybe that's not the right end. Or maybe you began and it was the right end, but the strategy you chose or the means you were using to pursue it We're not the right ones. And so you never got to where you were hoping to go. You never arrived at the place you imagined you would be. I find when people come to my office to confide in me and share their struggles, when they've reached this point of clarity and frustration, often they find themselves with a great sense of hopelessness, paralyzed. Blaming themselves, sometimes shaming themselves. Not able to see a way forward. Isaiah gives us some help this morning in terms of using our faith to move forward. There's three points here I want us to think about today. First, it gives us a better starting place than blaming ourselves. Isaiah, in this part of his writing, cautions us, declares to us that it's important to remember whose we are listen again as he starts his passage this morning he says listen to me O coastlands pay attention you peoples from far away the lord called me before i was born while i was in my mother's womb he named me then he goes on to give some specifics about that call and how he was Sensing this call as a servant and that all sounds wonderful, but by the time he gets to verse 4 He's beginning to doubt that He says but I I said I have labored in vain I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity He's doubting his own his own relationship with God but then he bounces right back in the next phrase and he says yet surely surely my cause is with the Lord and my reward with God then he rehearses again why that is so in verse 5 and, and now the Lord says who formed me in the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him and that Israel might be gathered to him For I am honored in the sight of the Lord. He remembers whose he is. And it changes his own perspective, his whole perspective on life. When circumstances turn on us, sometimes it's easy to forget that we serve a God who cares deeply about us one of you recommended a book to me a couple of months ago it was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer that great pastor and theologian of the last century I read through the whole book and then this week while I was reading over this passage and preparing the sermon I remembered one of the reflections Bonhoeffer had written I think it speaks to the same issue I want to read you A short reflection that he wrote. It starts like this. Hey you, human being, you have a soul. See that you don't lose it. That you don't wake up one day from the frenzy of life, professional and private life. And see that you have become hollow inside a plaything of events, a leaf driven back and forth and blown away by the wind that you are without a soul. It is the life that God has given us. It is what God has loved about us. What God from eternity has touched. It is love in us. And longing and holy restlessness and responsibility and happiness and pain. It is divine breath breathed into mortal being. Bonhoeffer and Isaiah are saying to us, remember whose you are. That is the best place to start, even in difficult circumstances. Remember who you are, a child of God, beloved by God. Secondly, that helps us recognize where our strength comes from as people of faith. Isaiah says, you have created me and you have called me And then he begins to doubt, but then he remembers, oh no, that is who I am. And then he says at the end of verse 5, after remembering that he's honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. And my God has become my strength. I think it's a struggle That all of us go through on the way to spiritual maturity is to recognize that we are created by God. We have been given gifts and talents to be used for God, but that only takes us so far. A step in spiritual maturity is recognizing that at some point we need God's strength and God's help if we're going to be all that God wants us to be. It's so often a struggle for people to discern the difference between what I can do and what I can do with God's help. I was thinking about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. this week as we approach this weekend on which we celebrate him across the nation. I was in a support staff meeting with some of our staff here, and Belinda Clanton, who's our administrative coordinator, had the devotion for that group that day, and she started talking about Dr. King, and she reminded us that his wife reported that so many people who spoke to her after his death named one book, Strength to Love. It's a book of his sermons. That's the book she says they almost always name when they told her that Dr. King had changed their lives i'd had that book on my shelves for decades i first read it back in seminary but i had not looked at it for a while i pulled it off the shelf after that and read through it again in there are a number of sermons that he wrote and preached during his lifetime one is called god is able god is able and in that, he tells at the very end of a, this sermon his personal story. And he says, I grew up in a wonderful home. My parents loved me and supported me, saw that I did my studies and got a good education. I was able to go on to college, and then on to graduate school and get advanced degrees. He said, I was breathing through life. And then in, at the age of 24, after I was finished with school, I was in my first church as a pastor and along came the Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott. And Dr. King writes, almost immediately after the protest had been undertaken, we began to receive threatening telephone calls and letters in our home. And he says he thought that was just a flurry of activity and it would dissipate soon. But he says, it did not dissipate. And it began to take a toll on him. And then he says, one night after he was in bed, the phone rang. He says he answered it. And an angry voice said, listen. And then called him a derogatory name. We've taken all we want from you. Before next week, you'll be sorry you ever came to montgomery dr king says that he hung up the phone but he could not sleep he says his wife was asleep and he knew he was restless so he got out of bed and began to pace around his house he says he finally ended up in the kitchen put on a pot of coffee finally he said he found himself sitting at the kitchen table trying to figure out what to do feeling like he'd gotten himself in such a mess. He said he was trying to figure out how not to be the leader of this boycott, but he couldn't figure out how to do that without feeling like he was a coward. He says, finally, seated at the table, face in his hands, he began to pray. And he says he prayed, I am here taking a stand for what I believe is right. But now I am afraid the people are looking to me for Leadership and if I stand before them without strength and courage, they too will falter. I Am at the end of my powers. I Have nothing left I've come to the point where I can't face it alone And then dr. King writes at that moment I experienced the presence of the divine as I had never experienced before it seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying stand up for righteousness stand up for truth God will be at your side forever Dr. King says, almost at once, my fears began to pass from me. My uncertainty disappeared. I was ready to face anything. The outer situation remained the same, but God had given me an inner calm. Then he reports that three nights later, His house was bombed. He was away on a speaking engagement. And he writes, Strangely enough, I accepted the word of the bombing calmly. My experience with God had given me a new strength and trust. I knew now that God is able to give us the interior resources to face the storms and problems of life. The third insight grows out of the first two. After Isaiah remembers whose he is and recognizes that his strength ultimately comes from God, it opens anew unexpected future God responds in verse six of what we read this morning he says to the servant it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth Just as Isaiah the servant is feeling like a failure, like he's come to the end, like all he has done was for nothing, he turns to God and realizes that God is giving him an even bigger task, that God is refreshing and renewing his call. Just as he's feeling, I've done everything in vain and for nothing god says oh no there's more i can utilize you to accomplish even more this passage reveals for us that when we remember whose we are and recognize the power of god transcends our own then perhaps We are ready for a task bigger than we would have expected. I think this passage from Isaiah outlines these steps on the road towards spiritual maturity. And Isaiah is working his way through them. And even though he's feeling like he's not doing very well and doubts his own purpose, all of a sudden he realizes God is at work in his life calling him to something even greater than he would have imagined. I'll leave you with this question as we contemplate Isaiah's journey and apply it to our own. Where are you in the process of growing spiritually? Amen, and thanks be to God.